Yes, well, good morning, everyone. I uh, want to give you, well, we said we would come back to you in regard to Jesse and Angie and their time amongst us uh, and let you know more of our thoughts and how we see them, see them in particular, or actually a couple like them to take, come and take a role amongst us. Sorry. One of our most important aspects in being part of the eldership is to ensure we take CFUH forward and to do all that we can to provide for its future and its continuation as this body of Christ that was started in 1977-78. And one of the vital duties of that is to identify and groom successors to take our place. We are, we're an ageing eldership and we're an ageing congregation. Rats, but true. Yeah. We need refreshing with those from the next generation who are more youthful, vibrant, in touch with the modern or postmodern uh, culture and its issues, which isn't to say that we aren't either, um, but we believe we need input from some people who are actually part of it and uh, mixing in it at different levels than we do. If I could just use perhaps Keith Black and his work with Drug Arm as an example. Keith goes out on Friday nights and uh, he, his work comes into play when he finds the drunk and plastered lying down and he picks them up and sorts them out and helps them out and, and uh, that's a great thing that he does. That's one perspective. It's different to be one of the ones who are in that culture, rubbing shoulders with these kids as that happens and that sort of thing. So does that make that distinction clear? I think, think it does. So it's for reasons like this that we've thought and prayed about how do we move forward, leading, uh, leading to our believing that we needed to, to add to our leadership team a person or a couple who can help us do so, including ensuring that we continue to be relevant and active in the challenges of modelling Christ to today's world. So the role we are seeking here is called, we've called it strategy director or director of strategies, the strategies being the vision and the plans that we as a leadership team, eldership team, work together. And the purpose of appointing a person or a couple to this role is to, is to bring a younger edge to the, to the fellowship. We think it's important for a number of reasons, one of which actually is we've got a really great 18 to 25 group here um, who, in whom is a huge amount of potential, but also within which there's actually also quite a bit of spiritual maturity and, uh, and the relationship and love that they have for another um, is, is really impressive. Um, they will at some stage go and do things like take their OE, get jobs in Auckland, get married and all those sorts of things. But we would like to build on the leadership potential they have while they are with us. We'd like to build into them some apologetics, leadership, mission, skills for working through the issues of today and the ones that are particularly facing them. A couple such as Jesse and Angie have lived and worked out their stuff in this postmodern Generation Z or Y uh, world much more closely to the ground than we have. And from what I've heard from the, the young adults, the feedback came back from them, they really like the idea of having a younger couple amongst us as well. As a church, we would like to encourage younger people to come be part of us, especially families. But it isn't just all about the youngies. Um, we as an eldership are also really open to the fresh perspectives that they will bring. I'm 58 in a few weeks. Thank you if you think I look younger than that. <clears throat> I'll catch you if you think I look older than that. <laughs> um, but the future of this church isn't me. It's the next generation um, who will deal with the issues of today and tomorrow 
the virtual world, the increasing speed of change, the challenges to the status quo and all those things. How many of us say it's much harder to live as a, a person, a young person today than it was in our time? We hear that a lot, don't we? And so we're seeking a person or a couple who have done their miles in God as younger people in these times. So we see Jesse and Angie, or a couple like them, as a really important bridge to this happening. Um, they came amongst us for the week, and one of the important things that we were looking for them as eldership was to see if they could span the generations. And they had time with the pillars, and uh, that was a great time with them, and they also spent time with youngies. Sorry, it's a lousy word, isn't it? Sorry. Um, and, uh, but they saw the potential as well. So that was part of what we're wanting to do. We want a church or a couple who can come and meet us in an intergenerational way uh, and also be the one that take us forward. Uh, I don't want to overblow that. I mean, they're only amongst us for a few hours, but that was what we were, we, one of the things we were looking for. So with that in mind, can I address some of the questions that I know that you guys are asking? Firstly, if Jesse comes, or if someone else comes, if they don't, because um, it's not settled yet, what will happen to my role? Um, when I came aboard, I actually saw my role as being for two or three years until we got to the point of appointing someone in this role. But, and I'm committed to that and um, will continue to be so for the next two or three years as well. I've nearly done one, haven't I? Um, I haven't signed off my apprenticeship papers here. Yeah. Um, I am really happy to step back um, and focus more on pastoral care and increasing our resources there. And, um, and, I'm ha- and we as an eldership are happy with that as well because there's a bigger picture here that we're looking at, which is our future. And I um, am fluid about how I do things. I don't mind taking a lower profile, and I am very happy to do it for the greater good, as that saying goes here. Okay, so I, I will most likely diminish the hours that I do here for a period, and I'm fine with that. And I hope that will help with one of the other questions, or one of the other main questions is can we afford them? Um, so I'll step back a bit. The management board is working uh, to maximise revenue and the rentals that we get from the property. We have the sale of the sections underway, which will enable mortgage and interest costs to reduce. And the other thing which we as an eldership are looking for is to you people um, as an endorsement of what we're doing and what we want to do here by your giving as well. I also just want to mention the, the issue of family connection, that um, Jesse is Linda's son and, uh, and, and the Billington connection. Just to say from Bruce's side, um, by, by and large, Bruce didn't know anything about Jesse uh, until he got married, actually, and he's embraced him initially as a family member and had little or no knowledge of his spiritual or doctrinal views to, as far as the beginning of the process. And he's actually said to us several times over the months when we're Skyped and that sort of thing, I'm actually learning most as much about Jesse as you guys are. Um, because uh, yeah, Bruce's experience will be using him significantly in developing the couple that come in, them or the couple that come into the role. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we cannot say, uh, we have to acknowledge that we're not free of the relationship that it is. But, I mean, all we can say is that... Um, we don't believe there are any agendas here. Certainly Bruce Billington only has the healthy future or the future of his place in mind as he works for us, as have we as an eldership, and we believe as has Jesse as he comes here. Okay. 
One of the other questions is how will they cope with having a young family? Uh, and what we have offered to them is a full-time position, so they know that. And yes, it is acknowledged that the times that they can catch up with a lot of you guys is going to be at nights because you, you work and that sort of thing. But in the, in the job description on how they structure their, their week uh, or, or their time, that they might have uh, days during the week that are their weekends, so they still get that in that way. Um, Yeah. Others have asked how will it be for Angie being so far from her own family at home. Well, actually over there her own family isn't that close. It's an eight-hour drive as she wants to catch up with her mum any time. And she actually believes that through the family connection she's probably going to have more uh, family support here through um, mum and Bruce and also they, they know Carl and Carla and Matt and Marie Weaver as well as well. So, um, yeah, she actually doesn't have any family close by. Just want to reassure you, perhaps if you have the KMI question in your mind, that it, um, if they come, it doesn't mean we're joining KMI, Kingdom, Minis Kingdom Ministries International. The two are completely separate. Okay. So they're back home now, and they and we are continuing to seek God as we reflect on their times here. And we have received feedback from some of you. Thanks for that. It's really appreciated. But we invite you to share your thoughts with us uh, if you would like to. But could you do it in the next week, please? It'd be great. Uh, the next, so the next stages of this are to hear from you, from them, and our own guidance and prayers as an eldership and as a fellowship, and we would expect this really to be completed over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's where it's at at the moment. If anything isn't answered, please come and grab one of our eldership team if you have any further questions about it in the role. Okay? Thanks. Now for the uh, the younger edge to eldership. I'll be 58 in a few weeks' time too. Wouldn't that be good? Actually, about 15 years ago, I was asked to speak at a youth convention, and uh, after I'd said, yes, I will, they, they emailed me and asked me for a photograph. So I, I took a photograph, emailed it off and said, listen, my apologies, I haven't got a current photograph, but here's one of what I'm going to look like in 25 years' time. <laughs> right. We sang a song before, strength will rise when we wait upon the Lord. Isn't that right? When we wait upon the Lord, strength will rise. We had a time of prayer and fasting about... I think three weeks ago, and uh, I just want to do a bit of an update on that as we uh, just wrap up the morning, really. So, um, excuse me. <coughs> Sound far beyond 58, don't I? There were a number of thoughts and words that came out during that during that week, and uh, we had uh, pre-meetings together, we prayed and uh, fasted, of course, individually. And uh, I just want to share with you some of, the, some of the thoughts that were expressed and what God has been saying to us. Fadine had a word that said, basically, we need to turn to God and have our sins wiped out and times of refreshing. Times of refreshing will come 
from the Lord. Ben had a, a word about Jacob, that Jacob was running from everything and found God in the dream of Jacob's ladder. But all Jacob needed to do was position himself to hear from God. And this life and this church are God's, and we need to position ourselves in God and join with his plans and his purposes. That's important, joining with God and his plans and his purposes, not ours, but his. And you had a, a, a picture or a vision one night. Do you want to come and share that with us? Give Anna a big hand as she comes, please. Um, I just had a, a picture at the Wednesday night prayer meeting when we had a really good time together seeking God over this. And I just uh, could see a big um, a garden that had been ploughed, like dug over. It, it was a big expanse of dirt, and it had been all freshly dug, and it was nice, dark, rich soil. But it was... Um, one thing I noticed, I thought about it afterwards, is around the edges of the garden... Like to me, a garden has nice, neat, tidy edges. This didn't. It was just ploughed and there was paddock all around the edges of it, like room to grow or I don't know what it means, but it was quite messy. And there was um, a replanting going on within that ploughed up dirt and um, replanting and it was a different shape than it had been before. The shape within all that dirt was different and I just had the words of... Um, different fruit as well so that was my picture a new planting and a new fruit there's a new season coming that was another word that came through a new season is coming a new a fresh season is starting another word that came was that we declared God's purposes to bless and increase CFUH in number declared God's faithfulness the future is better than the past we needed to have grace to leave the old behind so that we can take up the new. Grace to leave the old behind so we can take up the new. His ways are always good. Lower uh, Upper hut was to be a glass house for the health and restoration of people. I think that might need some explanation. But um, let it be known for, so that Upper hut is known all over uh, New Zealand. Uh, it would be great if CFUH was known all over Upper hut. I was thinking the other day, if CFUH was to die, would the city of Upper Hutt come to our funeral? Would we be missed? Good question, eh? Joshua 1. Maybe I should just um, read that, actually, if I can to you. Joshua 1, I think it's um, verses 8 to 10. It says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Remember, Jesse talked about this last week. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There's a bit of a theme that comes through here. And if I can just, as I go through this this morning, I'm looking and, and there's a few points that kind of um, flow through. Being right with God is the first one. And times of refreshing will come. And being ready for what God has for us, positioning ourselves to receive everything that God has for us. 
a new season, a new planting, a little bit of roughness around the edges. It's maybe not ordered and controlled like we would like it to be, as as Anne has um, shared in her vision. Leaving the old behind, a sense of his presence, and the excitement for God and what he's doing. And lastly, that he is leading us. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to hear God speaking to us? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that in our love for you and your love for us, in our friendship with you, you share us the secrets of your heart. And Lord, we thank you for what we've heard from you over the past few weeks. And even this morning, as we kind of reflect on what God is saying to us, we pray that you would speak deep to us in Jesus' name about us individually and collectively as a group of your people. And Lord, we pray that our future, as you know it, and as we begin to take hold of it step by step and, and piece by piece, Lord, that it would, be, it would be glorifying to you. And Lord, we're working with your plans and, and see the, the, uh, the glory of God expressed in this place and the kingdom of God extended in this city. In Jesus' name. I looked around our house yesterday, and particularly our garage, and um, and thought, man, it's going to be real hard to shift out of this place. And um, where, at some stage, we'll shift from the house that we're, we'll talk about it later, dear. <laughs> I mean, we've been there 18 years, and the place becomes very familiar, becomes comfortable. And not only that, you accumulate a lot of stuff. My garage and my study are just full of stuff. And it's going to be hard for us to shift, partly because of the familiarity, it's become home, it's comfortable, but because of all the stuff that we've got. And I don't know how you've felt, some of you, if you've lived in houses for more than 18 years, you'll find the same thing. You accumulate stuff and shifting becomes a huge process. The longer you live in the same place, the more comfortable you become, the more familiar it becomes, and the more stuff you accumulate, and the harder it is to actually shift. And I'm wondering if God is asking us to shift, not physically shift from Lane Park and get out of this building, but shift in our mindset of who we are and what we've been, shift to a new place. And in doing so, we are challenged with what we are familiar with and what we have found comfortable in the past. And we'll also be challenged with what we have accumulated. Some of the stuff that we've gathered around us, that that maybe some of it is just there, it was good 20 years ago, it was good in the past, but maybe it's just stuff now. And God is maybe asking us to move on. Are we ready to move on? You see, God is a God on a move. God, there's nothing in Scripture about God being static. We may not always know where he is going, but we need to be ready to move with him. And that is the journey of faith. The Bible's account of God is a God who is always on the move. I think if I can... um, explore a little, I think there are only probably three places in Scripture 
where it suggests that God was content and kind of satisfied with a sense of completion. And that was um, in Genesis 1 and 2. After creation, it says that he rested. And he looked out on what he saw and he was, ha- he was glad. He was pleased with what he saw. And of course, we're pleased with what we see, aren't we? But God rested. He was satisfied with what he'd done. The next time is in John 19, when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. The work of redemption was done. Nothing more could be done. And the last time when there was a sense of completion is Revelation 21, I think it is, when the city of God is coming out of, out of heaven and it's the bridegroom ready to meet the bride. And, and God says, it is done. It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. It is finished. But all the way through Scripture, apart from those three times, the account of God and what we see of God is a God on the move and a God who is encouraging his people to move with him, not to stay in one place, not to settle in their familiarity and in their comfort, but to move with him, to work with him. And even even when Jesus calls us in Matthew 11, those who are weary and tired, to, to find rest in him, he says, come away with me, walk with me, and work with me. It doesn't, come, it doesn't say come and sit down and do nothing with me. Some Come and walk with me, work with me. God is on the move. And the choice that we have, young and old, is are we going to move with him? That is the question. So what are some of the in choosing or choosing to stay or choosing to move with God, <clears throat> we might say, yeah, that's, that, that, I'm in with that. I, I, we can go there. We're, we're ready to move. Yep, that's us. But there's always, it comes to the crunch of, of, of what we're familiar with, what we're comfortable with, and maybe the, the, uh, the stuff that we've got accumulated around ourselves. And what are some of those familiarities in life? What are some of those things that would hold us, the, the accumulated stuff and the, the extra challenges that, we'd, that we would have that would hinder us from moving on? Well, I've got, I think you can wrap it up in four Ps, okay? The four Ps are problems, our pain, our past, and our pathy. Some people say apathy, but I wanted to have four Ps, so it's pathy. So problems, pains, Problems, pains in our past and our apathy. Apathy, indifference. I'm just okay where I am, you know. I don't care. I don't care. Everybody else can go, but it doesn't bother me. I'm just, um, I'm just lethargic. I'll just, I'll just stay where I am. I used to be apathetic, but now I just really don't know, you know. So problems and pains and past. Those are the, those are the, that's the stuff that we can have accumulated around ourselves that can hinder us from moving on from what God has for us. The problems of, of relationships not working out, the stuff that, 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 that we thought was solved but it wasn't. Maybe it's a broken relationship that we're really hurting over. Maybe it's a sin that's entangled us and that we just can't get released from and we keep on going back to it just like a dog goes back to its vomit. Maybe it's something like that that entangles us as a problem. Maybe it's a pain that we have and, and, we, and we sense that God has led us down somewhere in life and it's holding us back from moving on with God. 
Maybe it's something, maybe it's a tragic event. And we've got to, we've got to work through allowing those events to, to, to shape us for good, but not cast a, a, a dark shadow over our lives. You know, I, I'm still affected by the tragic events in my life and in, in our lives. You know, I mean, in fact, two weeks ago when we were on stage interviewing um, Jesse and Angie, I picked up um, Archer. And as I picked him up, I started to cry. You didn't see that, of course. But it, remind, just, it just triggered a reminder of my own son. You know, and so I, had, I, had, I didn't drop him, but I put him down. You dropped him. <laughs> But, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes the pain of life gets to us. But don't let it cast a shadow of darkness. Let it be a shaping of good for us. And remember where, where Isaiah says that, that, the, that God replaces the, the oil. What is it? The, just give me the first one. All right. Yeah, the, the garment of praise for a spirit, of, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why? So he might be glorified. And sometimes pains like that, sometimes the tragic events are like that can hold us back. And sometimes it can be a number of events. Sometimes it's just not one thing, but, but a number of little things have, have just gotten us down and, and, a, and, and it affects our journey and our walk through life. Have you, you've seen, some of you have seen my legs, eh? They're a mess. And my legs are a mess. And I, I mean, I can't run. I can walk probably for half an hour, then I'm, I'm stuffed. But, but my legs are a mess not because of one event, but because of a number of events. I've been cut with an axe, I've had car accidents, and I've fallen off ladders. So my legs are a mess through a number of events, and they've affected how I walk in life. And sometimes we have stuff that happens in life that are a number of events that affect our journey, affect our walk. And we've just got to say, God, I'm like this. You've allowed this stuff to happen to me. How can you use it for my good? Not asking why, but asking what for. Is that right? Problems, pains in the past. Sometimes we want to hold on to the past because there were some good things that happened 20, 30 years ago. I tell you, God's got some very good things for the future. Hasn't he? He really has. Sometimes we're waiting for the past reruns, but they're not going to happen. We need to move on where God is moving and walk with him and journey with him. So we need to be prepared to extract ourselves from what we are familiar with and discard the accumulated stuff and shift to where God wants us to be. Let's just look at Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that God has marked out for us. Throwing stuff off. So if we extract ourselves and if we remove the, the, and discard the, the accumulated stuff that would hold us back and, and make it difficult for us to shift and to move on, what do we replace it with? Individually and collectively, what do we replace that with? I want to suggest three Ps this time. Presence, God's presence. 
firstly, living in his presence. And we saw a few weeks ago, I think I read from Psalm 100, where it says the password to his presence is thank you. Is thank you. You know, sometimes sometimes we don't feel that close to God. And I want to suggest to you, if you go through periods in your life of feeling that God is kind of not, not there for you, spend half an hour thanking him. Thanking him. Gratitude, appreciation for all he's done. Just open your heart in thankfulness and you'll experience the presence of God. Thankfulness is the entranceway, is the password into his presence. Living in his presence. Oh, the, the, the release that gratitude and gratefulness, appreciation brings. First P, presence. What else do we need? We need, to, we need his power. We need to live by his power. Of course we need the Holy Spirit's power. Second Peter 1 verse 3 says, By his divine power he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You might say, well, I'm a weak person. That's okay. That's good, in fact, because Corinthians tells us that his power shows up best in weakness. So we need to live by his power. And we need to live for his purpose, his presence, his power, and his purpose. We need to live for his purpose. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Interesting where it says, I know the plans I have for you. He doesn't say, you know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Individually. And God is saying that to you this morning. He knows your plans. You may not. But that's the story, that is the story of faith. You see, faith is taking the first step when you can't see the entire staircase. That's right, isn't it? And as a body of people, as CFUH, sometimes we will not know the way ahead. But in faith, we have to take the first step because he knows the plans. We do not know the plans. And we've got to trust him in times of uncertainty, and trust his word and say, God, we hang on to that. We believe for a great future. We believe where you're taking us has got some awesome, awesome, exciting events in the future. And God, we want to be part of that. I was, I got some guys who worked for me and they were doing some work on a house. And I said to the guys, hey, listen, things are changing here. I know you've got the plans that that you're working to, but there's going to be some revisions to these plans. We're going to have to bring some extra guys in to help. And they said, no, 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 we can handle it. I said, no, 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 we're going to bring some extra guys in because you don't know what we've got planned. You don't know what other work the client has asked to get done here. And so they they waited, and when we, we, we drew the other plans up, they said, yeah, we need some help. Sometimes I wonder if that's like us. We see the little bit that's in front of us, but there is something ahead for CFUH that is far greater than we see. Far greater than we see. There's far, something far greater in the, in the call of this community of God's people in the city of Upper Hutt. Far greater than what we see, what we perceive. We need to hook in to what God is saying and what God, where God is leading us. That is the journey of faith. Let's just wrap up by looking at our, our theme verse, if you like, for this year. 
and it's Ephesians 3.20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It doesn't say this, Now to him who is sometimes capable, but not always, to do some things that, that well, it would be really good if he could, but, but and gee, I, we could imagine, but no, that's out of this question. According to his, well, sometimes he works within us, but sometimes he doesn't. There's some positive stuff in here. It says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, immeasurably more, infinitely more, than we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us. There's a God who is passionate about the more, a God who is passionate about the extra, a God who is passionate about the abundantly more, about the infinitely more, a God who is passionate that we would worship him more fervently, that we would love each other and encourage each other more that we would uh, discover his grace more in our lives and that we would encourage others who don't know him to experience his love and his power more in their lives as well. He is the God of abundance. He is the God of, of infinitely more. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Or have we got caught in our own kind of stuff? in our own pain, in our own, in our own kind of problems and past and what we've been used to. I wonder. Life has got uh, many of us tired, hasn't it? Life's got tired for us. I would ask the team to come up and I'd like us to just worship again. Is the team here? Bernie? Andy? We need his presence. We need his power. We need to live in his presence. We need to live with his power. And we need to live in his purpose. But in order to do so, we have to discard the stuff that holds us back and that makes it difficult to shift. And maybe for some of us, that's pain of life. Maybe it's the past that we're holding on to. It's problems that we've got. It's stuff that we're just familiar with and um, we've got so comfortable in it that, that um, we can't see a way forward and we just don't want to shift. But God wants to move on. I'm just convinced of that. You know, God wants us to move on. And there's so much to be done in this place, so much to be done in this city. And God has got a heart for people, a heart for you and a heart for others who don't know him. And he so much wants to use you use me to reach out to others and to to fulfill his mission in this place and just to get beyond what we understand as community, as good as it is but he wants the community of of CFUH to be like a glass house as well so that when other people look in they'll say, what is it that they are living with that is so exciting what is it that they embody as a community of people that is so attractive and that has a magnetic effect of those looking in. God wants us to use, to be used in that way. I'd just like us to stand and worship again and, and just as a sign of commitment to a new journey, to a new path, to a shifting that we have to do. I just 
I don't know what to... I, just If God is saying, yes, I want to make a shift, I'm, I'm ready to make a shift, come and stand down this side here. I've, I, I've, if, you're, if you're saying that I've, for many, many years, I've stayed back and I've been unwilling to let go and to shift where God wants to go, and day, today is the day, you just come and shift, stand here. It'll be great. Um, just working through this. If if there is anything in particular like prayer for some some area that you, that's entangled you and some some pain that you're carrying, come and stand down this side, and one of the elders or one of the small group leaders will come and pray for you as well. But just as a sign of commitment, as we stand, and if you, you're saying today, I want to move forward to where God has taken us, come and stand down this side here. I'd love you to do that. Let's stand. Eh? Let's stand and sing and worship.